You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast. It's Lindsay Simpson and Krista Williams. Greetings, Almost 30 Nation. Hello, Almost 30 Nation. How are you? I'm sweating. Sweating. (laughs) We're hot in here today. So happy to see that more of you are joining in our Facebook group. Today in the group, everyone was talking about what food they were prepping for the week. So it's Sunday here in LA, but people all over the world in our group were talking about what food they're prepping for the week. So that was amazing to see that everyone's kind of coming together on that. So join the secret Facebook group on Facebook. Just search secret almost 30 Facebook group. And then also stop what you're doing right now. Put this on pause and please write us a review on iTunes. Mm -hmm means a lot. We get on dope guests where we can have fun together with them. And then we also can bring on more sponsors that have exclusive discount codes or do giveaways and everything like that. So it really, really, really helps us out. And it would really mean a lot if you did, if you were to serve you. Yeah. And have you heard that we have launched our Patreon page? Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash almost 30, we have launched our page and it is a space for creatives and for us as podcast hosts and producers to share with you exclusive content and rewards and just give back. So you can pledge two, five, ten dollars or more a month and get rewards like our super awesome dad hats mm-hmm. with our logo on them. They're, they're sick. <laughs> they're sick. And we also offer a monthly episode exclusive for our patrons. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's Krista and I in our Almost 30 Lounge. Almost 30 Lounge. Um, it's amazing. People really enjoy this last one that we released. Among other rewards and shout outs. So yeah, we would love for you to become a patron. It means the world to us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, on today's episode. Yes. Today's episode with Maria Marlowe. So she is an author. She has the Real Food Grocery Guide, which we'll talk about. And then she's also a speaker. And then she is an integrative nutrition coach. Her bread and butter is really teaching you how to improve your health naturally to clean up your diet to help your skin. So she had struggled with issues with her skin growing up and she discovered that she could help clear her acne by eating a well-balanced and rounded diet. So now she talks a lot about that. She also talks about how to eat to lose weight and how to eat to feel healthy and then her book, which is amazing. So the Real Food Grocery Guide is your basically a guide to navigate the grocery store. There are so many labels out there, gluten-free, fat-free, organic, blah, 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 blah. What's important on a label? What are the aisles I should go to? What aisles should I avoid? And she talks about everything like that in her guide. And Maria has been seen in Vogue, Self, NBC, Fox, The New York Times, and Will and Good, among others. We're just so excited that we get to share this conversation with you guys. We talk about everything. So get your notebooks out. Mm-hmm. We are also speaking to Maria over Skype, and she is in New York City, so you might hear a few mm-hmm. sirens here and yeah, there. Yes, so the sound in the, it's not the best. It's this. not the best sound. So bear with us, Yep. but you will get everything out of it that you need. We're so excited. So enjoy our conversation with Maria Marlowe. But we would love to hear from you kind of what brought you to like this health and wellness space and specifically working with people to eat for their skin and for beauty. Um, and yeah, we would just love to hear like your story. Sure. So I always 
you know, joke that when people look at me now, they think that I grew up with green juice in my baby bottle and, you know, eating really healthy, but that could not be farther from the truth. Mm. I grew up eating a very standard American diet, pizza, you know, fast food, cookies, cake. Um, I did not eat a vegetable until I was no joke, uh, like after 18 years of age, uh, besides for French fries and tomato sauce on pizza. And so, you know, because of my diet, I ended up with a lot of health problems. Probably to me, being like a teenager, uh, the, the most depressing or upsetting one was the fact that I had really, really bad acne. And I went to dermatologists, I went to doctors, I tried over-the-counter medications, I tried uh, prescription medications, they even wanted to put me on Accutane, um, which I was about to do, but then I read the side effects, and it's like severe depression that can lead to suicide, and I was like, oh yeah, that's just what I need. Yeah, you're like, perfect. I'm like, oh great, this is a great time. Uh, I'm taking something like this, I'm like depressed. Yeah, you're like doubly depressed. You're like, oh. So it was just, you know, for a long time, I was just relegated to this fact that I was cursed, or I just had yeah. bad luck or bad genes, and, you know, I, I unfortunately had, had this issue, and then, you know, I was also, you know, 20 pounds heavier than I am now, I was getting sick all the time, but it was my skin that really upset me the most, and so, long story short, I, in, when I got to college, I met someone, like a, a fellow classmate there, who suggested, she's like, maybe your skin problems are coming from what you're eating and meanwhile I'm like sitting at lunch eating like my lunch was like a box of Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies yes um, and, so and you're like, like I have the worst genes ever a hundred percent taught that you know our food affects anything other than our weight yep. or at least I wasn't same so, yeah and so I was like wow that's a really novel idea you know maybe my my food is what's causing my skin and I was like desperate at the you know at that time so yeah. I was like okay let me try changing my diet and see you know see if anything happens let me humor this girl yeah you're like this is and crazy so- but I might try it <laughs> yeah. and so I I you know took a lot of pretty much everything that I was eating out of my diet and I added in the craziest thing ever which were vegetables which like me and the produce section at the grocery store at that point in time was like uh-huh. you know I was just totally overwhelmed and bewildered you're like and I'll just grab way. a baked potato <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and like you know the only thing that I could think of was like salad right like, yeah like, okay vegetables what 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 is that like okay a salad and so um you know started adding more vegetables and salads into my diet and took out you know like a lot of processed products and, and, and animal products and lo and behold my skin actually started clearing up and I was like wow this is incredible mm. you know the bumps went down the redness went down um and then you know eventually it like you know completely cleared and I was like wow this is amazing what a coincidence I happened to cut all this stuff out and my skin just automatically cleared up but look hey it's, it looks great now so I'm gonna go back to eating all the foods that I was eating before. Mm, what is that? So, That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Of course, of course, you know, the second I started eating those foods again, my skin immediately broke out. And so I was like, oh, wow, you know, there must there, there must be something to this. And so, um, you know, again, cut them out, my skin cleared up again. And then I sort of just became obsessed with nutrition and healthy eating and, and understanding the benefits of different foods and how different foods are, affect our body beyond just weight. Um, you know, I sort of went down this nutrition rabbit hole and discovered food affects our skin, whether it gets acne or not, you know, whether it wrinkles or not. 
our mood, our memory, our IQ, our athletic performance, our immunity, our cancer risk, and everything in between. And I was just like, wow, you know, why doesn't anyone teach us this? And I decided that I would be that person since no one else was doing it. I love that. And it's just, it's, it's emotional. I think, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you see your skin and mm-hmm. it's not feeling looking its best, it like, it, it hits you harder than any other, yeah. I think, you know, physical, oh, totally. you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it just, I don't know. I get very emotional when my skin is bad and obviously that makes it worse. Mm-hmm. What, what were you finding that when you were cutting it out, it was really clearing up your skin? Or is there any like particular type of food? Well, everyone, everyone's sort of different in what, you know, there, there's many different factors that contribute to acne, but, per, but personally for me, it was, it was definitely dairy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, that I could like literally see the, the difference instantaneously anything like sugar or high glycemic Mm. foods are also another um, really common trigger. And then it could also be just not having the right nutrients, right? So people forget skin's an organ. And just like any other organ, it needs specific vitamins, minerals, nutrients to, you know, look its best, you know, have its best, you know, quality. And and, um, so, you know, it could just be that we're not eating enough of the right foods as well, or we're eating too many inflammatory foods, right? Mm. What is what is acne? It's inflammation, right? We could see it as a bump, we see it as a redness. And so then there's foods that are inflammatory, right? Like the sugary and refined and processed foods. And then there's foods that are anti-inflammatory, which I had no idea about at that time. And so, yeah, you know, there's just multiple different factors and um, multiple different ways that food could be affecting our skin. <laughs> I'm from the Midwest and um, I lived, I grew up in Ohio. My sister worked at (laughs) a pizza hut that was connected to a Dairy Queen. And she was always a rail, like my whole life. She was like 112 pounds when she went to college. But so she would eat all the shit there and her skin was so bad her whole high school Mm. and it killed her. Like it would just kill her. Like she was so depressed about it. And now I think, like, she was like, oh, I have such bad luck, like, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, why did she have such bad skin? It was like, because she was, like, clearing Mountain Dews and, like, Pizza Hut at night. All that dairy. (laughs) All that dairy. Like, now we're like, oh, girl, like, now we know why your skin is so bad. But back in the day, you just, you didn't connect the body with what you were doing or what you were eating. So, um, yeah, it's it's so nice to hear you made that connection. Right. And I feel like still to some extent, a lot of people don't do that. I mean, this whole idea that you are what you eat is still a pretty new and novel idea. And I think people are starting to wake up to this now, particularly in in relation to skin. I'm seeing a lot more skin products and stuff, like vitamins for your skin, etc. But like, you know, sometimes people will come to me with digestive issues, like they're bloated Mm. all the time. And they have no, like they, they don't draw the connection with like oh maybe it's something that you're eating and putting through your digestive tract yes. that, is, that is causing this or migraines all the time same thing maybe it's something that you're eating or doing all of the time that that's could be the underlying cause of this and so you know i i really i feel like my mission here is to really help people understand that you know food affects everything yep. and if we're willing to like listen to our body it will typically tell us what it needs and i think to your point i completely agree i think skin people are starting to realize digestive is the next and from my perspective it's like your mood and your like personality are almost like the new frontier of like how food affects it in that way because for me it's like that i'm really noticing now how food is affecting my mood overall Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. 
Um, how do you help your clients like change their mindset when it comes to food? I think people are like from a very young age programmed to see food in a particular light. Mm -hmm. Like in what ways do you reprogram the way they see it? So I always like to start with like giving people a why, right? Because, you know, in this country in particular, nobody really cares about prevention. Everyone cares about reversal. So it's yeah. like once we're sick, once we have something, once we have the acne, then all of a sudden we want to change our diet. But if we don't have that beforehand, we don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, understanding your why, like why eat healthy? Because if you feel like it's a chore or you feel like it's something that you have to do, you're only going to do it for a short period of time. You're going to throw in the towel. It's not going to stick. Um, you're going to be, you know, begrudgingly do it. It's not going to be fun. So really like connecting with what your why is, whether it's, you know, clearing up your skin or just feeling better, um, you know, uh, looking better, you know, being in a better mood, whatever it is, trying to pinpoint what's really important to that person and give them the why of why that they're, they're doing it. Um, and yeah, just also really kind of drawing that connection between food as fuel and mm. that, you know, it's... There, there are certain things available for food, right, at the grocery store that I don't really think are food, right, because they don't nourish our bodies. They um, they don't give us the nutrients and the vitamins and everything that we need to be healthy and to, to be happy. And so um, I don't consider those things real food. And just, you know, drawing that distinction, because I think that's kind of a, a hard or strange concept to swallow, right? Like, mm-hmm. you think anything in the grocery store is going to be food, right? But it's, it's not really the case. So I think having a really strong why and then letting people experiment. My, my style is not to tell anyone what to do or not to preach. I just educate. You know, I ask people questions. I plant some seeds and then I let them ultimately be the person who makes the decision what, what kind of diet they want to follow or what kind of foods that they want to eat. You know, for example, doing elimination diets. Um, are very helpful because you can see very quickly in a very short period of time if a certain food is affecting you negatively or not. And so uh, I just kind of like lead the horse to water and then let them make the, you know, the decisions for themselves. And usually when you experience, you know, if you're feeling sick or you're having skin issues or whatever your problem is, and then you experiment with changing up your diet, for a couple weeks or a month, and then you see the difference and you see that stark contrast, all of a sudden it becomes much easier to want to do it versus feel like you have, you have to do it. Yeah, I completely agree. And so when you were talking, uh, talking earlier about um, what's not real food, like what are some examples of things that are not real food that people may think are? Yeah. So I feel like this process, like all this highly refined processed, you know, foods in those neon colored packages, that sort of scream, you know, your name and buy me. Mm-hmm. Or low fat foods or no sugar foods, which are literally like just chemicals or artificial sweeteners and artificial colors. Like these are not food. Yeah. Food comes from the earth, right? And it's the minimally processed uh, things such as vegetables, fruit, you know, beans, not seeds. Um, it could be high quality, minimally processed animal products um, in limited amounts. But um, it's really the the stuff that you want to avoid that, that I don't think is like real food for our body. That's not going to give us the nourishment that our body needs to feel and look its best. Uh, those are the things that are just highly refined, high in sugar, high in white flour, um, high in calories and just devoid of nutrients. 
Yeah. Um, so talk to us about your, um, programs that you offer. Um, I think it's super smart to be very specific about, you know, when you offer a program, um, I'm super interested in the eat for beauty, um, (laughs) but talk to us about that and why it works. Sure. So I I think the the program that's nearest and dearest to my heart would be Eat Beauty, which is a 90-day program for clearing your skin naturally through diet and lifestyle. And what that does is it really, um, you know, through my years and years of research and trial and error and working with people, um, I discovered that there are usually a few common denominators in terms of what's causing someone's acne, whether it's food, and that could be a lack of the right foods or too many of the wrong foods, um, whether it's uh, stress or hormones, whether it's pollution or cosmetic, you know, topical. And it's typically most commonly it's more food related and then the stress hormone related but the interesting thing there is that food also affects your stress hormones and your you know your regular your sex hormones right so um they're all kind of uh connected and so the the program helps you figure out okay based on your symptoms and everything that you're experiencing you know which what are the underlying what may be the underlying causes of acne for you and here are some suggestions in terms of diet and lifestyle. What can you add in? What can you take out? Um, what can you do to, um, and so it's not just food, what can you do in your lifestyle to reduce your stress or, you know, exercise or, or whatever it is that's going to help, you know, your specific uh, issue. Uh, and it gives you meal plans, it gives you foods uh, to try, and just kind of really like walks you through understanding why the conventional, you know, products don't are not, are not really enough, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I w- was there, and I'm sure many of us have experienced this, you know, you spend all this money on all these creams and lotions, and whether they are the expensive drug, uh, you know, uh, department store ones, or just like the, d- the drugstore ones, um, they work temporarily, um, or to an extent, but they don't typically offer full clearance, not for everyone anyway. And so, um, you know, Skin has two sides, right? It has an inside and an outside. And so, mm. yes, the outside, the, the lotions and potions and everything are, are important, but you cannot neglect the, the inside and, and your, your blood, right? That is like feeding your skin from the inside. So we need to really have that two-pronged approach of treating skin both internally and externally. Now, when people are experiencing um, like hormonal breakouts um, or what they think to be hormonal breakouts, is there something that you can do like nutritionally to like either just keep it at bay or, you know, take down the inflammation? I experience hormonal breakouts like clockwork every month. Um, And I'm always wondering like if I eat pretty clean and healthy, but if there's anything that I can do on top of like what I normally eat to reduce the inflammation. Sure. So two things that I recommend, um, one is sort of something that you would do every day to kind of help mitigate and prevent as much as you can, which is eating dog leafy greens every single day, Mm -hmm. at least two or three cups. And then the second thing sort of in the moment when, you know, the breakout already happens or it's that time of the month is eating foods that are highly anti-inflammatory. So particularly those are high in omega-3s. So that's things like crushed or milled flax seed, um, or hemp seeds, chia seeds. Also, uh, wild salmon is a great source of omega-3s or even just turmeric and ginger. 
those are very highly anti-inflammatory. So adding them to whatever you're cooking, putting them in a smoothie or a juice, any of those foods are going to be really highly anti-inflammatory and going to help bring down the redness and inflammation as you know quickly as possible. Mm. Okay, great. And then for the... So the there's the skin plan and then for the weight loss plan, what sort of information and what sort of foods do you have in there? Is it more like, like, is it more calories in, calories out? Is it getting your fats, getting your fiber or what exactly is in that plan or what makes it different or, or what exactly is sure. that like? So, yeah, so the Eat Slim, so there's kind of two versions. There's Eat Slim and then Eat Healthy. So Eat Slim is an actual 10-week program. The next one's starting June 18th. Mm-hmm. And I started this, when I first started, you know, health coaching, I was like, I just want to help everyone get healthy, get healthy, get healthy. And everyone's like, oh, I just want you to help me lose weight. Yep. So I'm like, oh, fine, okay, if that's what you want, I'm going to teach you how to get healthy. And then the losing weight is just a side effect of that. Yeah. And so... So Eat Slim is basically a 10-week program that I've been running in person in New York City for the past, I think, three years, multiple times a year. And it's been really popular. It's really fun because it's in a group setting. And so it's not, again, not me preaching. It's me kind of educating um, about different foods and helping you really get, get to know your body a little bit better and to start understanding it, like how it acts or, or reacts to different foods. And so over the 10 weeks, we would, um, you know, talk about, well, first of all, the biggest thing is calories in, calories out, in in my opinion, mm-hmm. the, uh, and, and, you know, certain science uh, opinion is actually kind of a myth when it comes Ooh. to our, the human body, right? Yeah. So in a closed system, calories in, calories out works, but in, a, in the human body, there are so many factors at play that you, that all calories are just not created equal. And so, for example, you know, there are studies that show, like, people who eat almonds or nuts, right, which are very high in calories, very high in fat compared to, you know, most other, like, commercially made snack foods. And yet those people who eat more nuts tend to be a lower weight or tend to lose more weight than the ones who are eating the refined things. And so multiple possible reasons for this but one is that we don't actually absorb all of those calories and all of that fat that it says you know on the nutrition facts panel just the way that they're you know metabolized and digested in our body and i think you you know it's just sort of intellectually right if you think about 100 calories of broccoli versus 100 calories of a soda you know you're gonna feel very differently after eating those two things so just say 100 calories equals 100 calories right of the soda versus broccoli like it just it doesn't feel right right yeah. and, and it's not it's not the same thing right whereas one you know is gonna spike your blood sugar which could lead to right drinking sh- sugar is one of the worst things that we can do right it yeah pretty much leads to weight gain very very easily and you know all sorts of negative um effects whereas something like broccoli right it's high in fiber it's going to keep us full so we're going to you know want to eat 100 calories less later on it gives us nutrients that we need you know and on and on and on and so uh, a calorie is not a calorie calories are not created equal and you know in eat slim and in the eat healthy plan i really teach people that it's not so much counting calories and fat that's as important as counting real foods or just looking for real foods and that's how you're going to determine the healthiness of any food um and so you know i always like to also use the example right how many people have you two ever sat down and eaten 
five cookies in one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Hands up. Daily. Yeah. Okay. Like a whole <laughs> entire tub of like Hagen Dazs or a tire bag of chips. That's like my ideal Friday night. That's <laughs> <laughs> very easy to eat, you know, what, what says on the package, like 20 servings. Yeah. Right? And you're like, no, that's totally one serving. <laughs> but, but, you know, have you ever sat down and eaten five apples? Yeah, no. No, right? No, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's not going to happen. Why? And you, and you could just think about how you feel. When you're eating that cookie, you cannot get enough. Yeah. Right? You just want more and more and more and more and more. And a lot of these packaged foods, um, because they're empty calories, because they don't have nutrients, because they don't have fiber, that's why we want to eat them more. And yep. sometimes, you know, they'll go so as far to literally engineer the crunch and the flavor and the texture mm-hmm. and the fat content to make you crave more and, and not want to stop. Whereas, you know, our real foods, right, our apple, our broccoli, whatever, once you eat it, it has the fiber you need to feel satiated and it has the nutrients you need to give your body what it what it wants. And so you want to stop, like you don't want to eat more. And so real foods have what I like to call built-in portion control. Mm. And so you don't have to worry about counting calories calories because your body is going to know when to stop. I love that. So, yeah. So I, that's kind of the, the yeah, the gist of the, the, the backbone of the philosophy. I've noticed that for for myself personally, since I've really tried to cut back on sugar. So as I'm drinking a kombucha and eating blueberries, not right now, but um, that I'm less crazy with my food. So it's I feel less chaotic around having to control my portions or having to watch what I eat because I feel more grounded in my decisions that I make. So for me, sugar is the number one thing to um, kind of making me feel a little bit crazy about my cravings or crazy about the way that I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, it's sometimes when, when we are counting calories or, you know, I had a friend that used to bring like a measuring cup to like lunch with her to measure out the exact portion of Damn. the and, and it's just like you become almost a little neurotic about yeah, it. Yeah. It becomes, it takes the joy out of eating because, you know, it should be fun, right? Yeah. It should be something that we look forward to, not something that we're, we're fearful of. And so, um, yeah, I think if we're eating the right foods, then we can kind of let go of that um, need to control so mm-hmm. much because, because then, the, again, the foods are just going to kind of tell us when we're done. And um, I mean, so beyond just the calorie thing, it's like when you are eating enough of your vegetables and fiber and you have your healthy fats, you have healthy protein, if you're making a, a, a balanced plate, um, again, you're, you're going to feel good and you're, you're just not going to feel like you want to overeat. Yeah, completely. And and you said something interesting in this plan. Um, you really help people get to know their body and listen to your body. How exactly does one do that? Because I feel like I'm always told I need to listen to my body, but I don't really know how to differentiate my body and my mind. <laughs> yeah. When you're like, I want that. Question. Yes. I'm like, I don't know who to listen to here. Right. Who's driving the bus? So, Because our body always wants to um, be in perfect health, right? Like that's what our body's always moving towards. And it has this whole set of checks and balances mm-hmm. in our body to kind of make sure we're always moving in that direction. So when when things start, you know, uh, going off, right, when we develop like a, a weird rash that, you know, is not supposed to be there, our skin breaks out or we have a headache or, you know, our, our digestion is, is not regular. Those are the kind of signals that I'm talking about in yeah. terms of like 
so those things aren't normal. So we want to kind of backtrack and look at, okay, what may be causing these, these issues. Yeah. And so, um, Usually, or, or oftentimes, there there is some sort of dietary or lifestyle trigger um, or underlying reason that many of these issues could be happening. So that's kind of what I mean. Um, the only time I think that sometimes it gets confusing is like, yes, it's like when we're craving, like, you know, uh, a, a pint of, of ice cream or, or a double fudge brownie or whatever. And you're like, is that what my body really needs? Yeah. Um, you're like, I think you know the answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you know what? Sometimes what happens is, Cravings actually, well, two things. Cravings could be um, a are, are, are many times like more an emotional craving yeah. than an actual food craving. So, you know, I know for me personally, if I'm bored or I feel lonely or um, you know maybe I, you know, for some people it's anger. Um, a lot of times, an emotion will trigger a desire for a specific type of food and usually it's of the sweet and salty and fatty variety yeah and so um you want to kind of look there and see what's going on is it are you actually hungry it's typically not um and is it what is the emotion that's triggering it and if that's the case like so for example let's say it's you know frustration at work or something that's causing it it's like okay what steps can i take to get rid of that frustration mm. um or, you know, if you're feeling lonely, okay, fine. So instead of just sitting at home and, you know, uh, digging into a box of cookies, like, could you call someone? Could mm-hmm. you go, you know, visit a neighbor? Could you, you know, do things that are going to make you feel not lonely? Mm-hmm. And so write a letter to someone um, and just redirect that energy. Because oftentimes, once you sort of conquer that emotion, then all of a sudden that craving for that food goes away. Yeah, and I think... Um, I was just saying, I feel like people have a dif- have difficulty sitting in the emotion. So if the emotion comes, you know, say it's loneliness, the inclination is for people to want to remove that emotion so quickly. And sometimes it can be food that will do that as fast as the emotion comes on. So oftentimes if people don't sit in the emotion or experience the emotion, then they're going to continue to go to the same route of finding that quick fix for um, helping solve whatever emotion it is that they're pushing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it's good. like in the moment. Sometimes it's too hard, right? Like in the moment, yeah, you can't exactly. think clearly. That's why, like, I like to encourage people to kind of think about it when you're not in that position, right? So you, like, you know, for example, that your trigger is loneliness or frustration or stress or yeah. whatever. So when you're not in that feeling, okay, think about what are some things that I can do once I get there, and have like an action plan of like you know, four or five things that you could do instead of eating. And then that way you, you can, you know, put that into action once you actually experience that emotion again. Yeah, I love that. And you also, and there was also something else you said too that I want to ask you about because I feel like this has been a hot topic for me and a few of my friends. Um, and I've been hearing a lot about lately is elimination diets. Um, so can you talk about how people can do elimination diets to really determine if there's something that they're eating that may be causing inflammation or something within their system? Sure. So yes. Yeah. So I love elimination diets. This is something that I lead like my clients on and lead mm. also through the group the group program through Eat Slim. And um, basically, what that is is you're taking a specific food group or groups out of your diet for a period of time. Usually, you want to do it at least two full weeks of like complete elimination, like not even a drop of it. Yeah. Um, and then what you'd want to do is you'd want to add like one food product back, like at a time um, and then see how your body reacts so for example you know we'll do this for dairy and we do this for gluten Um, and so you don't want to add them back at the same 
time because if your body has a negative reaction, you're not going to know which one it is too. That's why you want to add them back one at a time. Um, and then see, okay, you know, what happens? Do you have digestive issues? Does your skin break out? Um, how do you feel? How do you look? Um, and that will kind of give you your answer. So if um, you take it out of your diet and then you add it back in and you don't feel so great, it's a pretty, you know, depending it's a good indicator, right, that maybe that food does not sit well with you. Um, if you add it back into your diet and you still feel the same, you don't notice any changes during that elimination week, then, you know, that may not be the issue for you. And, like, then we'll go deeper and see, okay, is there anything else that's the issue? Is there something else we can try? Um, so because it's – um. I mean, it's relatively easy to do, right? You're just taking something out and then adding it back in. I mean, it's a pretty short, manageable period of time, two weeks or so. Yeah. Um, and, and then because the, the effect of adding it back in is so, you know, like it, it's there. Either you have a negative effect or you don't. So it's just a really great way and easy way to kind of see um, how you feel with and without certain yeah, I love that. That's really helpful. So two weeks, um, then you can try to incorporate it in and, and trying to go through the different things I think is really helpful. Um, what's a common, the last question that I have before, and I would really want to talk about your book. Um, what's a common thread that you see with a lot of your clients? So something that when a lot of your clients come to you and they talk about their issues or problems, is there a common thread between them that you're seeing with a lot of women? things so one I think that um, sometimes what happens is that uh, or very often like people feel like they eat healthy um, but they can't understand why they're not losing weight yeah. or why they don't feel so great and you know and this is part of the reason that I wrote the book is because if you went around and asked 10 different people what a healthy diet looks like they're going to give you 10 different answers yeah right there's so many different you know paleo vegan you know, pescatarian, low fat, no fat, like, you know, there's just like a million different variations of like what people consider healthy. And yeah. so what's really important to remember is that everyone's body is different. Our biochemistry is different. And the diet that works amazing and perfect for me is not necessarily the diet that's going to be amazing and perfect for you. Um, there's probably similarities, like overarching things, like for example, you know, eating a lot of vegetables, but, um, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty details, like it's going to be a little bit different. And so, um, again, kind of understanding like your body, listening to your body, um, is really important to figure out like the diet that works for your unique body. Um, and then the other like sort of, sort of commonality that I see a lot also is just sort of, um, you know, confusion. I feel I'm like overwhelmed at, at all of it because it, I think there is almost, well, two things. I feel like there's like this, uh, maybe not so much in LA, but like still here in New York, there's a little bit of like a negative stigma or like people who eat healthy are considered like boring or. Oh my God. Know, yeah. I know exactly like, what you mean. <laughs> like not fun. I'm um, from the Midwest and that's like, it's like live a little. Why don't you just yeah. live a little? It's like, you're about to pass out after lunch. Cause you're like so full. I'm going to go actually live my life and you're going to be like having the meat sweats. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? I am living. Right. So, so I feel like, yeah, there's definitely, like, peer pressure and, and, you know, people sometimes feel bad or feel like they yep. don't want to, um, like, they don't want to eat healthy because, like, people are going to make fun of them. Yeah. Or, like, it's going to be a nuisance, like, if they have to ask, you know, the waiter for the cheese on the side or yeah. something, you know? And, um, so, yeah, so just, like, the, the shame or guilt around it, um, 
like I feel like that is sometimes uh, a common thing as well, uh, which I hope that I hope is changing. Um, but uh, yeah, and like what I kind of say to that is that you know you're the only person that can take care of your body, and so um, you know if someone's gonna make fun of you for for eating a certain way or living a certain way that makes you feel good um, and makes you feel healthy and strong, then you, you may not want to spend much time with them. Yeah. Right? Um, so, um, so yes, you're the only one that that's going to be there in the fitting room, trying on the clothes. You're the only one that's going to be at the doctor's office mm-hmm. getting, you know, whatever they have to say. So you're the only one that can take care of your body. So you can't really worry about what other people, um, have to say or think because, you know, you have to take care of yourself. And then usually when you feel good, you look good. People are going to start asking you, Oh, what are you doing? And yeah. then, you know, want to follow suit. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, Maria, we want to talk about your new book. Congratulations, by the way. The it's Real beautiful. Food Grocery Guide. Um, it's so exciting. Um, so I love grocery shopping. It's like one of my like moving meditations in my week. <laughs> mm. um, but I do find myself, especially like now that there's just so many buzzwords on yeah. packaging, I'm like, yeah, all the pa- they're what, catching up to like, us. What is... Is grass-fed okay? Is natural actually natural? Like, you know, what is allowed to be put on a box, like, to kind of, like, dupe the consumer and what we should be really aware of when buying these products? So can you give us kind of a preview? Um, Sure. mm Mm-hmm. Sure. So that's that's a big reason I wrote the Real Food Grocery Guide is because I do feel like it's very confusing and overwhelming um, at the grocery store because there are all these words. And the crazy thing is, is that, you know, you want to look at for these specific words on certain foods, but not on others. Very confusing. So in answer to your question, grass um, for meat, um, but like, so for example, you know, chicken for example doesn't need to be grass-fed but your red meat right your um that does have to be grass-fed or if you look at um you know egg egg cartons there's like pasture range cage free free range uh, omega-3 enriched there's just all of these um different different words so um in the book i really break down what's the meaning of all of these like each chapter is a different aisle of the grocery store and breaks down the buzzwords for that specific food and then you know helps to educate you on which foods or which words you want to you want to look for um and which ones don't really have a lot of weight so the one that you mentioned natural um natural is a word that's put on so many different packaged foods, but really does does not hold a lot of weight because it could be put on a product that has all natural ingredients in it. Um, and so that's one of these words that I like to say have like a healthy halo around them. Mm-hmm. They, they seem healthier than they actually are. Another thing, like I remember a few years ago, my cousin called me and she was like so excited that she found organic Oreos. And I was oh, yeah, like, I remember that. <laughs> I was like, you're missing the point. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know. She's like, but the icing is organic. Yeah. It's made with. This is, it's vegan, so it must be, like, good for me. And meanwhile, it's still, it was like whole wheat flour and sugar were, like, the main ingredients. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's, it's still a cookie, you know, or vegan or gluten-free does not automatically mean healthy. It just means there's either no animal products or no gluten in it. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, just really helping uh, lay out like all the terms what do they mean and like yeah what do you want to look for how do you make the best choices in every aisle that's so helpful 
Um, and yeah. I, I think especially people our age are very intimidated by the whole process of, oh, now I have to go to the grocery store by myself and like figure out <laughs> what to get. So yeah, I think that's, that's super helpful. What would be like your, like every time you go to the grocery store, you get like your top five? Uh, definitely some dark leafy greens. I try to switch it up. So sometimes kale or Swiss chard, arugula, you know, I'm always trying to rotate. I definitely got a lot of vegetables besides dark leafy greens. So, um, you know, cauliflower, sweet potatoes, um, whatever. My cart is mostly filled up with produce. Mm -hmm. um, and then definitely, I would say um, eggs. I love eggs. So I eat a lot of those. And I, I tend to go for the pasture, pasture or uh, free range eggs and organic. Um, I would say I also have like a lot of nuts or nut butters. Not, I mean, not, not an excessive amount, but I usually have those on hand. Um, I love organic almonds. Mm. And another staple that is always in my cart, I would have to say um, I'm very big on, you know, like having a really well-stocked pantry with like healthy spices and healthy oils. Mm. So I'm usually refilling that, whether it's like pink salt or olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, something like that. What's your favorite oil? I'm like kind of trying to figure that out now because I use all, like extra virgin olive oil all the time, but I'm hearing that like I should be using more coconut oil and avocado oil. Avocado oil. Yeah. So there's a whole section um, in the book on oils because it's quite interesting because mm. it's a great idea to have a few different oils on hand and use them different ones for different preparations. Um, so extra virgin olive oil is great, um, although there has been like this sort of controversy in the past couple of years because there's a lot of fake um, extra virgin mm. olive oil on the market. Um, and so, but anyway, real extra virgin olive oil is great, uh, but you want to, don't want to cook with it. You basically want to put it on, you know, salads or cold preparations, use it as a dressing. Oh. Once you heat it, you're kind of degrading um, its benefits. And so, um, you know, for cooking, coconut oil is a great oil or avocado oil. Um, this is probably one of my new faves. Um, avocado oil is, uh, like in the book, it kind of talks about what's the difference between a healthy oil and an unhealthy oil. So typically your vegetable oils, which are chemically extracted, those are going to be your um, more unhealthy oils. And those are the things that you're, you're going to want to avoid. Um, whereas your chemically, excuse me, your mechanically extracted, right? So like through a cold press, um, oils that are made that way, those are your healthy, healthier oils. And so those are the ones that you want to use. So avocado oil is a great oil because it also has a high smoke point which means that you can cook at high temperatures. So, for example, if you're roasting vegetables um, or even cooking something like on the stovetop, like, uh, you know, sauteing something, avocado oil is great because it can withstand the high heat and it's not going to break down um, the way, for example, like uh, extra virgin olive oil will. And when, when, it, uh, when an oil goes past the temperature of its, like, smoke point and it starts to smoke, right, you've probably seen that happen before, mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. When your, your pan starts smoking... So when the oil starts smoking, um, it starts degrading and like your healthy oil becomes um, an unhealthy oil and it can become, you know, we know like olive oil is uh, anti-inflammatory, but once it hits that smoke point um, and it gets that acrid like smell and aroma, it can actually become um, cause inflammation versus take it away. Um, and so that's why we want to avoid 
um, heating our oils above their, their smoke point. And so why it's important to have a few different oils on hand and use them, you know, differently for different ways of cooking. Love that. Good to know. So people can yeah. find that information in the book along with information on labels, everything basically you need to understand the grocery store as it is today because in 2017, there is a lot going on with labels. There's a lot going on. So I love yeah. that. And then Maria, where could people yes. connect with you? Where can our followers connect with you? Sure. So MariaMarlow.com, mm-hmm. M-A-R-L-O-W-E, is a great place to start. I have a lot of healthy recipes on there and just general nutrition and wellness tips on the blog. Um, you can also find out more about the book, The Real Food Grocery Guide, there. Um, and so it's basically, in short, it's the most practical, user-friendly guide to selecting the healthiest foods in every aisle of the grocery store. It also talks about a lot about like the health benefits and concerns of things in addition to how to select it. So just really interesting stuff. Um, and there's a few like great um, digital downloads, like free digital downloads when you purchase the book on there. So you can check that out. Um, and then also on Instagram. So at Maria Marlowe, I'm posting healthy recipes um, all the time. So that's a great place to, to stay in touch as well. Love that. So great. Thank you so much for spending time. I know our listeners will love uh, love this. Yeah, Yeah. this is going to be great. And we can connect with you. We'll put all your information in the show notes. All the links will be in the show notes. And it was just really a pleasure. I'm really excited for your book. I'm happy that you were on. And I know people are going to love this. So thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a great day. And enjoy New York today. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, Maria. I'm no longer broken hearted So glad I came here tonight And I see you got what I wanted